Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. everybody. Welcome to another episode of When Ghosts Speak. Uh, today it is just myself, Melissa, uh, telling you about the house that I still currently own, but am renting out uh, due to all the stories that people have, you know, heard me reference uh, in this house. Now, originally this house is believed to be built around the 1850s. I say believed because the records for this county were destroyed uh, many years ago when a tornado went through and took out the historical society. So it's kind of hard to really uh, validate when this house was built, though when I did have it on the market, many of the realtors coming through would all guesstimate and all of them were around that time frame. So we call it by the middle and say around 1850s. It's a big old house. Um, a lot of people in town believed it had been a funeral home. If you kind of look at the structure, you can see how and why that would be a pretty good guess for it. Now, we had a lot going in that house. And at that time, it was myself, um, the husband I had at that time, my son and his son. Now, our boys were only three months apart, so it was kind of like having twins. They usually got along, but as most kids do, they, they kind of get into tiffs here and there. Now, sometimes these little fights and tiffs occurred, what we found out later, wasn't because one of them actually stole the batteries out of the other's toy or whatnot. There were pesky, invisible helpers kind of spurring this along. So toys would go missing. The batteries for those toys went missing. Game controllers would get hidden and shoved uh, underneath cushions or behind the chair. You know, and it's easy to chalk up to boys just being boys, right? Because they were young. Uh, they were probably, if I remember correctly, between the ages of like four and maybe 15, 16 that all of this was going on. Just over the, the course of the years, different things. And again, easy to explain away of boys just rough housing, forgetting where they put things. You know, parents, you can insert all of the reasons here, Right. So things would go missing either for them to cause, you know, fights amongst them or keys would get moved and you blame that darn spouse for, for moving things and, you know, you never think past that. So that happened a lot. Um, a lot of times parts of the husband's uniform would go missing while it was clearly put in the laundry. You know, even I would have been like, nope, I watched you put all of that in the dirty laundry, but yet only in the shirt came out. So. There, there were a lot of those things, but again, easy to brush off when you've got four people living in the house and it's a very busy, chaotic house. Um, a lot of personal mementos seem to be more on my side that would go missing. Certain pictures of, you know, loved ones, family, friends, um, a baby blanket that I had kept with me through all the years, um, through all of my medical trials and tribulations that survived through everything went missing, never could find it. There was a part of me that was like that darn, you know, husband, he threw that out for some reason. Maybe he didn't. Maybe 
that was just one of the ghosts going through the house causing problems. Now, we moved in around um, fall time, Halloween time. It was October. And so, you know, we're excited to spend our first Halloween there, trying to find those decorations, get them out. So there was an evening where it was just myself and the boys and we're sitting in our front living room and, you know, now that house, no matter where you walked, like you were not going to sneak anywhere. Like it reverberated, um, old wood flooring. You weren't getting anywhere undetected unless you could float. Now we were in the living room watching TV, kind of waiting for bedtime for the boys to go to bed. And out of nowhere, this huge ruckus that started towards the back of the house, like a million people walking and marching almost on purpose with boots, like as loud as they could. And, and you could track it just by sound that it was coming in from like the back door in through the kitchen, in through the entryway and out the front door. Now you could do a circle in this house. So you could go from that kitchen to the entryway to the den back to the kitchen. So they circled half this house and crossed in front of what would have been the living room as, but there was, there was nothing to see. And the boys just kind of stopped what they were doing, stared in that direction, wide-eyed, mouths open. And, you know, one of them was just like, what is that? I'm like, yeah, old house, weird things. It's fine. In my mind, thinking, this sounds like the wild hunt just went through the house. And as long as they just keep going through the house and don't decide to stay, we're going to call it good and we're going to let that go. And uh, we're going to wish them a good night on the way out the front door. They didn't really ask uh, any more questions about it afterwards. They kind of just accepted weird old new house, you know, creaky makes noises. We're going to let that lie. That was the first big instance of something really happening that kind of put my radar, uh, you know, on alert of like, huh, there's some stuff going on that we can't easily explain. And, you know, the, the husband, uh, he was working a night shift closing at his job. So it, it wasn't him in any way, shape or form that could have been playing a trick. Now, another instance, uh, a couple months later, Rune and I, my son, we were home and we were the only ones there. So we were taking advantage of it to wrap Christmas presents in the living room. Uh, we were sitting on the floor. Now, mind you, in that living room, right above the living room is the master bedroom that's as big as the master or the main living room. And in that master bedroom is this old, huge metal furnace that's probably four and a half feet tall, five feet wide, and it's, it's hooked to gas. And so it has its own ventilation out the wall to the outside. Now, we had tried to, to use this, and while it would turn on, it was very rickety, very loud. Um, it could heat the whole upstairs, but that master bedroom that it was in, like, that was roasting. It was almost intolerable to be in that room while you were trying to heat the rest of the house. So we ended up not using it, kind of throwing a sheet over it, using it as like a shelf, and we got little space heaters uh, for the rest of the, the individual rooms. So you know, we're back downstairs. We are wrapping presents, uh, runes helping, holding, you know, places for me to tape um, and just having fun. And all of a sudden, this huge metal bang just hits the ceiling. So which would be the floor of the master bedroom. And my first thought was, 
that furnace detached and fell over. So, you know, we both jump out of our skin. I go up to the doorway of the stairs that go up there and I'm smelling and looking for gas. None of the detectors are going off. And then my thought was, we're going to ignore that because there's not a gas leak. And we're going to look at that later. We're not going to panic. We're going to leave it be. Nothing happened, right? We're not going to give it any response or energy. We're going to go back to wrapping. Now, of course, Rune was like, what in the world? And I'm like, yep, some books fell over. It's okay. We're going to, we're going to leave that alone. Thankfully, he didn't say, well, books don't sound like metal, but we didn't need to address that. So later that evening, um, you know, I did go upstairs with Rune when he went to bed just to make sure, you know, everything was okay. And it was. Uh, and when the husband came home, you know, I, I went all the way into the room then because if something was a myth, I didn't want to be the only set of eyes seeing it. And sure enough, nothing's out of place. Nothing's laying on the floor, on the side. Everything's perfect. So, you know, I'm just like, hey, we had a funny story. Let me tell you what happened. And of course, he's like, you checked, right? I'm like, of course I checked. There's there's no gas, right? We're We're all fine. Everything's fine. None of the detectors are going off. We're fine. I'm like, it's just... Just a funny, loud mishap that happened this evening. You know, those were kind of like the two real big, like noisy things that happened. And thankfully, those two incidents, like I wasn't the only one who heard that. Other people who were around me heard those commotions because other instances, maybe not so much, Um. so my, my good friend, uh, best friend that I've had for many years. Uh, her name's Rhonda. She was over one night and she and her daughter were just staying over and her and I ended up staying till up to like one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, just catching up bullshit and having fun, just talking about all sorts of stuff. And finally I'm like, dude, I got to go to bed. Like I can't pull all these late nighters anymore. It is, it is upon me. I must go to sleep. So, you know, she's like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll catch up more in the morning. I'm like, cool. So she was camping out in the den, which is normally where the boys, that was kind of like their living room, their gaming consoles and their toys were all in there, but everything was cleaned up. We put a air mattress down for her and and her daughter and everything was good to go. So upstairs I go, Rhonda's got everything she needs to, to go to sleep and to visit. We're all sleeping in the morning. I come down and she's already kind of up you know, moving around. And I'm like, ah, oh, Jay, I, I hope you slept okay that you're up already. I'm usually the the more of the early riser. And she goes, eh, I slept okay once I could go to sleep. And she just gave me this look. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, well, you think you're funny. Like you kept calling my name from the top of the stairs. And I'd be like, what? And finally, and like, you wouldn't say anything. So finally I went to the end of the stairs and I'm like, bitch, what do you want? But you wouldn't say anything. Well, that's strange. Cause that wasn't me. Now, mind you, whatever being would have to be calling my name from the top of the stairs would have been heard by Rune, whose bedroom door is right next to that that entryway of the stairs. And we should have heard it in our bedroom because it wasn't that far down the hallway. But to be able to yell from the top of those stairs down the stairwell and into the den through the wall, it wasn't like it was a soft calling. It, it would have had to have been pretty pretty decently raise of the voice. We all should have heard it even sound asleep. Nobody heard a thing. 
her daughter also did not hear it, who was in that same room with her. So it was just, that was the first time something mimicking my voice calling to other people. Now, uh, another instance of this happening, uh, my father was up working in my garage on a car I had at the time. And uh, he was putting in some long hours, really trying to get this car running. And my mom, who, now mind you, my parents live in that same town a few streets over. Uh, she has dinner done and she came up to, you know, tell dad that dinner was ready and just to see what progress he had made and, and to pop in and say, you know, hello eventually. Now, I had seen her drive by, so I knew she was in the driveway on the other side of the house. And I'm sitting in the living room watching, funny enough, a paranormal documentary while folding laundry. Yes, I know she and dad are out in the driveway unless they, you know, text or call or say, hey, to come outside. They're fine. And I'm carrying on with my business. Now, I hear my back door open and my mom come in. I'm like, hey, mom. And she goes, what do you want? And my first thought was, it's my house. I'm a grown ass woman. How am I in trouble? And I said, I don't know. What, what do you mean? I'm like, what, what do you mean? What do I want? And she goes, well, you kept calling for us through the, the back door, but you wouldn't come to the door and say what you wanted. Your dad and I both kept saying, what, what do you want? And you never said. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that wasn't me. I, I didn't want anything. I didn't need anything. And she's like, really? And, and for a little while there, like she would not accept that it was not me calling to them from the back door into the garage. I'm like, no, I promise you, I did not call for you from the back doorway area. And I, I think she eventually kind of just at least half-heartedly believed me because uh, she just said, well, you know, I made such and such. I don't remember what it was for dinner that she made. She's like, if you want some, you can come on down, but your dad's going to take a break and come down. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. When he, he doesn't have to come back tonight. It's getting late. It's like eight o'clock. Like not a big deal. And so, you know, they ended up leaving. And um, when I asked my dad the next day, I'm like, hey, did you hear hear that whole uh, voice calling you that sounded, I guess, like me? He goes, well, it was you. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. That's why I said the voice that sounded like me. I'm like, I, I, I'm not that creative to play that type of prank, especially when I was aggravated at all the laundry that I had to work on. Like that would have been more fun than doing the laundry. And he goes, well, yeah, I heard it. And I don't know if he really believed that it wasn't me either, but, you know, we just kind of let it go, put it to rest. So there, there were a few other times throughout the years where the boys would like come in, you know, to wherever I was in the house from the den asking what it was I wanted because they would hear me call for them when I never would. Like I would only maybe once or twice say, you know, call for them. And if they didn't answer, then I'd walk in there and be like, Hey, I said, but I was never the type of person to just call their names and make them walk all the way over to me to find out what I wanted. I'd be like, Hey boys, put that away and come in for dinner or go pick up your room. I wouldn't just call and expect them to come find out what the rest was, was going to be said. But that did happen quite a few, quite a few times. Um, so we come to a point where I was moving Goddess Elite from its original open location to where it currently is. And it was a lot of work um, to try and save some of the money. Like I was boxing a lot of that myself and dropping it off in the new location. So the movers, all they had to do were the big, heavy fixtures and sales desks. So it was a lot of work, a lot of hours. I was exhausted. Uh, there was one of those evenings coming home from doing that, 
And um, as I pull into the garage, you know, I, I get out my my driver's side door. I immediately turn and open up the back passenger door on driver's side to get my my work bag out. And as I'm turning to do that, I see a pair of like khaki pants quickly walk past me. My first thought was like, I am so tired. I am hallucinating because now this feels like, you know, the, the music video uh, from back in the 80s where it was like these little machines that wore bits and pieces of clothing walking by. And I'm like, great. I've, I've gone crazy. I'm hallucinating. I just I just need to go to bed. So, you know, I get into the house and the husband's like, oh, which one would you want for dinner? He's like, we got, you know, fixings that we could do either one. And I'm like, you guys decide what you want. I'm just going to make a quick like salad and go to bed. I'm exhausted to the point I'm crazy that I I see men's khaki pants walking around out in the garage. And he kind of chuckled. He goes, no, I think there's an old guy that hangs out out there. And I went, really? And he goes, Jan, I'm like, I'm going to go to bed. Like, I'm still tired. I'm I'm going to go to bed. Now, in that being said, it was a two-car garage, or it still is a two-car garage, uh, separate garage doors for each vehicle. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice big garage, right? So plenty of room to walk around both cars while they're both in there and get what you need and, and be able to get out. But for some reason, only on my car would the gas cap ever be messed with. To where I can't tell you how many times I'd come out in the morning to start the car and I would get the check engine light gas cap notification and go check and sure enough, it'd be loosened and I'd have to retighten it and wait for the light to go off and then, you know, start about driving. Never happened to the husband's car, only mine. And this is where it's like, I didn't even put gas in on the way home. So there's no reason why that gas cap would have been loosened. And my car would have told me anyway, as I was driving, if I didn't put it back on before going into drive, leaving the gas station. But so many mornings, my gas light would be on or my check engine light for gas cap would be on, but it never happened to him for whatever reason, liked my car best to, to mess with. So, you know, the husband and I, we are deciding to, you know, separate. We're calling it quits. So it, it's just me and uh, my son now in the house, right? So it's a little calmer. It's a little quieter. Not as much to go on. But this also means there's less ease of explaining away for other people in the house. So uh, there would be times where, like, um, I remember I was leaning over, tying my shoe on the couch in the, the main living room. And to my right was an end table. And I had a little box that I would keep my law of abundance checks in. And while tying my shoe, I see this flutter of yellow to my right. And I look over and all of a sudden, one of the folded up abundance checks is now sitting outside of the box, half unfolded on that on that table. But again, I'm like, ah, I must be tired. Like I, I just barely caught that in my peripheral. It didn't like move. It wasn't like moving out of the box or anything like really. So I think nothing of it, fold it back, put it back in the box, carry on. I come home sometimes and go up to my, my room to go to bed. And I am an avid nightmare before Christmas and Maleficent collector. So my room is almost like the adult gothy version of what a little kid's room looks like. Needless to say, there, there's a bunch of collectibles and I can't tell you how many times I would come upstairs and one of those collectible pieces, especially the stuffed Maleficent dragon, would be sitting on the floor of the bedroom right in the middle of the walkway 
facing the door and upright. Now, the first time I'm like, eh, it's kind of like that bottle game, right? You flip the, the bottle to see if you can get it to land, you know, upright, perfect to, for it to be perfect in the walkway having fallen off, you know, three, four shelves up of a bookcase and just happened to fall that far away and upright. So that first time I didn't think anything of it, just put it back. By like the third or fourth time, you know, I, I would kind of say out loud more to myself, but I'm just like, quit messing with my shit. It only happened once or twice more. And then, you know, they quit messing with the collectibles. Now, during this time, uh, we as a family, we had two miniature schnauzers. Uh, we had a salt and pepper female named Shotzi. And then we had an all white one named Abominable Monster, but we called him Monster. Both very lovable, very love, you know, adorable little pups. But Monster <laughs> was a little bit special. He had survived Parvo. So we, we think he just has some lingering issues maybe from that. But um, at times he could be an escape artist. Like this dog would climb the baby gates to get to the other side to wherever you were. So gates were no challenge to him. He would find a way through it, around it, under it, you name it. And he was on the other side of that gate somehow. Uh, now I wonder how much other, other invisible handhelds he had. So they were crate trained. And when I would leave for work, um, they would go in the crate and when we get home, the first thing we do was take them out and leave them out all night with us and play with them and love on them, feed them, water them. So there was, uh, a, a day that I come home and, uh, Rune, uh, had gotten home before me, not much, not much more, um, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And as I'm coming in the back door, you know, he's meeting me in the kitchen and he's like, mom, the, the dogs were out. And I go, dogs. I'm like, and if any of them, it would be a monster. And I go, okay, well, you took them outside and everything. He goes, yeah. And he goes, but I couldn't put the, the crate back together. I go, what, what do you mean you couldn't put the crate back together? He goes, yeah, I, I couldn't put it back together. I couldn't find all the pieces. I'm like, what are you talking about? And why is it not, why is it not together? And I go and look and sure enough, um, that it was a, one of those two big pieces with the, the door that you would squeeze the, the latches and open and close it. And um, the top's just laying off to the side. Shotzi's is fine. Monsters is in pieces. And sure enough, just looking around like the screws that bolt that back together, nowhere to be found. Which come to find out after Marianne came out and cleared the house for me, the ghost admitted to throwing those out in the yard somewhere. So we ended up having to zip tie uh, his, his kennel back together because there were no screws to be found for that. And again, I just wonder how much help he had escaping certain certain areas or, you know, getting into places where he shouldn't have been. Um, you know, I've gotten a phone call. It's only happened once where the neighbor was like, your front door is open and your white dog is out in the front yard. Like, what? And again, it's only me and Rune. And I drove Rune to school. We both put, you know, we're putting the dogs away. I was putting uh, Shotzi in her kennel. He put Monster in his and, and off we went. So my first thought was I call my mom and be like, Hey, did you guys go out and let the dogs out? You know? And she's like, no. I'm like, huh? You know, if anybody went up there, she's like, no. I'm like, huh? And I go, can you do me a favor and just go up there and see if monster really is out of his kennel and out of the house. And if my front door is open. And I said, you know, I have dad, not you have dad go up there and, um, investigate that. You know, they call me back later and sure enough, the front door was open, not wide open, but open enough where like if you step through sideways, you would fit. And uh, yeah, he was 
roaming around in the front yard. Now, thankfully, Monster was too chicken to get too far away, so he never ran off. Shotzi, on, their, on the other hand, like that was the one thing I could never train her to do was to not run off. And she would have been in another county in five minutes. But Monster, too chicken, would not leave. So thankfully, that was the dog they let out. Uh, they being whoever the invisible person was. And he stayed in the yard till, you know, my parents could get up there and put him back safely in the house and, you know, take care of him. Thankfully, that only happened once. And it was that one dog. So time's going on. More things are happening. Hard to blame on just Rune, right? And then Rune goes and visits his dad. So now it's just me in the house. And now I currently have this house on sale with realtors. So living in this uh, showroom ready house where you can barely do anything because you got to immediately clean it up. You don't know when you're going to call that somebody wants to look at the house. So everything top notch, spick and span perfect. Uh, I would at times be like up in the shower at night after work in the upstairs bathroom. Now, mind you, Two of the three bedroom doors upstairs still had the original doors and the big original locks that took skeleton keys, which unfortunately we didn't have the keys anymore, but the locks were cool. So I left them in place and they would uh, scrape when you would open and close those doors. So, you know, I would be in the shower and then all of a sudden I'd hear those doors scraping and moving, opening and closing. And now I know there's something going on in the house. And my first thought was to yell out, like, quit messing with the doors. Rather than being afraid, like, oh, my God, the ghost is moving the doors. It was just more of an annoyance because I'm tired. I'm just trying to take a shower and go to bed. And now you're now you're being a jerk. So just quit it. That would happen a few times. Uh, other times I'd be trying to fall off to sleep and I would hear like church bells playing. Well, I'm like, well, the church is not going to be sounding bells, you know, at 10 o'clock at night. And it's not like, oh, it's chiming because now it's 10 and you're counting 10. It, it's chiming like Sunday morning music chimes to like everybody come to church. And I would say again, something like knock it off. I'm trying to go to sleep. Now, uh, before Marianne came out and cleared the house and, and gave me the seed at times, I would wake up with scratches and uh, bruising on um, like shoulders, chest and, and legs. So um, but I was always chalking that up to um, moving boxes of rocks. I'm I'm doing things and I just don't recall that maybe that box shifted and like hit me in the chest or something. But once I got the seed, all of those quit appearing. So I think he was more of a nuisance than, than what we thought. One of the times that I knew that there was a showing getting ready to happen, um, I'm like, well, let me shampoo the carpets, right? Because my dad had been up visiting. He had a cup of coffee and he he dribbled like maybe a dollar coin size a little bit on the carpet, right? And I'm like, yeah, that'll be easy to get up. So as I'm trying to shampoo this, this little, you know, it's, which should have been minor, drop of coffee is now smearing like two feet into the carpet. And I'm like, why in the hell? Like, come on. So I end up going through like two tanks of water in solution to finally clean that up. And Miriam was like, oh yeah, he had great fun doing that while you were trying to shampoo. I'm like, he's an ass. <laughs> like I did not enjoy that. I'm glad somebody, one of us had fun while trying to clean up that carpet stain. At one point, our uh, downstairs bathroom. Now with, the house had two full bathrooms. Downstairs, all of a sudden we were starting to have this problem where the sink would back up a little bit. Like if the washer uh, was 
was draining, um, which wasn't too far. It was like on the other side of the one wall. And it got to the point where it would overflow and then start to overfill on the sink. So we call the plumber out and he is pulling out these plastic tons of like plastic shards and pieces, like the rings that go around milk jugs, um, those uh, little clamps that you'll pull off of like nasal sprays when you buy them, like those types of bits and plastic were down in those pipes and had jammed up. And that's why the water was backing up. Once he pulled all of those out, the sink quit having problems. And I'm like, how in the world did they get all of those pieces down in through the drain past like the stoppers and stuff? And he's like, I don't know, you got kids, they can be creative. And I'm like, eh, that's not the stuff that they're, that's not them, right? They're not malicious that they're not going to be like, well, screw the parents, let's shove this down in here somewhere. Or let's go under the sink, take the pipe off, shove it in that way, and then reattach the pipe. Like, nah, now nah, that wasn't the boys. That's that's not how they spend their day having having fun. Um, but that did start to lead to some other furnace problems. Now there were twice in this time of, of our family being together and being in that house that we went on two trips that were more than just two or three days. Uh, the first trip we went down to Kentucky to see some of my uh, ex-husband's friends. Now we come back and as we're coming into the kitchen, to get into the living room, there is water all over the floor. The fridge, which was fine before we left, and I get it, appliances can crap out whenever, suddenly just isn't working. And everything in the fridge and freezer gone, had to go buy a new refrigerator. We just kind of shrugged and went, mm, old house appliances is what it is. The next time we leave was for a funeral for my son's grandmother down in Oklahoma. We were gone five or seven days uh, for the whole thing. We drove down there. So part of that time was the, the lengthy drive uh, there and back. Now, because of that sink backing up, I think was what made it easier for the ghost to kind of get in there. But the furnace completely gave out while we were gone. And this was uh, later into winter. So it's still cold, but thankfully not, you know, super freezing for, for many, many days. But we come into a cold house and the furnace is out had to put in a whole new furnace system. Now, when Marianne had came out and cleared it, the ghost had already admitted to, she's like, go down there. You're going to need to check your hot water tank. He's fiddled with that as well. And sure enough, had my dad come up, like, make sure I'm seeing this correctly. And he goes, yep, we fixed it. Not a problem. So he almost cost me a hot water tank around that time as well. So the house had two basements, two separate mud basements. One was off the wash area, was the kind of more creepy feeling one because you kind of went down and under the house. Uh, and you can tell that later additions had been put on to kind of cover that. Uh, back in the day, they used to put livestock in that area, but they closed it off. The other basement was off the kitchen and that door stuck really hard. Like you would turn the knob and I would have to like use my hip to like force it open. So this is not a door that's easily to open or or you're not sneaking down there either because a lot of noise, squeaky noise was, you know, made when you open that door. Now, some of you who watch us on the Wednesday mornings, um, you've seen my cat, Sith, um, big, adorable black kitty cat. Uh, he sometimes is more dog than cat to where when I come home, he greets me at the door. So in the mornings, he greets me at the bedroom door. And uh, there were a few days where I'm like, where are you? 
where are you? And he eventually come around. There was a morning where he didn't come at all, but I could hear him meowing. And, and I know like he's just want breakfast and I'm like, you lazy little creep, you come here and, and we'll get some, we'll get your breakfast going. Uh, cause you know, I went into the living room to check, you know, missed phone calls, things like that. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go into the kitchen, get coffee and, and see where he's at and why he's not coming to see me. And now his meowing is louder in the kitchen, but I'm not hearing him or I'm not seeing him. And so I keep calling him. He's responding, but he's not appearing. So I'm like, holy shit, did he somehow get in the walls? I don't think you can get in the walls. I have not seen any way how, where, uh, that, that he could be in the walls. Cats are amazing at what trouble they can find, but I really, he's not in the walls. So I am like calling him he's responding and, and we're playing hot and cold right like where are you like are you in the wall and so i notice he's louder near the refrigerator and i'm like did, did you somehow get your fat butt back there and now you're stuck so i pull my he's not there pull the refrigerator out he's not there and i'm like huh but you still sound like you're right here now directly behind me is the door to that basement so i just call his name again and he sounds like he's right behind me and sure enough i force open that door and there he is all wide-eyed and fluffed out like how did he get it down into that basement that basement was always kept closed because it was mud the only thing down there was the furnace so there's there was no reason to have that door open and so I open the door and he darts in and he's sitting behind my uh my legs and you know from that point on um we were having problems I was having problems of him no longer using his litter box so when you have your house for sale, you can't have a cat not using their litter box. So, you know, he and I, like we were trying to mind meld and do the kitty talk of like, dude, stop doing this, we're trying all the tricks. And he got to where he would keep going in front of the front door, which unfortunately was carpeted. So that was a hassle of having to keep that clean and trying to keep that smell out for showrooms um, and showings. So turns out, the ghost was doing that on problem uh, on purpose, was doing that on purpose and was stressing out my poor cat that like he wouldn't use his litter box. And then he was losing all of his fur because he was so stressed that, you know, he couldn't hang with it. We keep dealing with all the things. And finally, I'm like, I need Marianne to come out here. The smudging just isn't keeping up with it. Like, I don't know if it's one or many, but. You know, you can kind of mess with me, but you're not going to throw my poor cat down the stairs of a basement and make him sick to where he's losing fur. So uh, Marianne comes out and she's like, yeah, well, there's a there, there's a guy in there right now and he's standing up in your bedroom kind of laughing. I uh, gave his name as last name is Bates and even made the joke about uh, being like Bates Motel. Uh, thankfully, he did go into the light. Um, when it came to like the, the female voice mimicking me, or at least sounding a lot like me, uh, Miriam had said that there was residue from a woman who was kind of like the nosy gossiper. She likes to go in through the houses and see what she could see, but she wasn't immediately in the house right there for Miriam to get her to go into the light. So Miriam puts up her seats uh, the both of the doors, uh, the wood burning stove, and the fireplace. And um, this is like spring, late spring, early summer when she comes out and does this for me. So everything 
everything seems to be good. Now, mind you, we didn't do the garage. So I'm like, eh, I don't live out there. Let's take care of the house. And hopefully we're not going to be here that long anyway. You know, we're, we're doing good. Um, Rune comes back from visiting his dad and he's like, oh my God, the house feels so different and it's nicer. It's almost got like this quietness to it now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's great, isn't it? Never knew how loud an, an empty house could be until it's completely cleared out. So, you know, things are great. Uh, we get to a point where it's nice enough outside that we don't have the air on yet, but we've got windows open. And here comes Rune into the living room and he's like, yeah, mom, what do you want? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you keep calling for me. I'm like, ah, shit. And I go, wait a minute. Are you sure it was me or was it outside? And he goes, I don't know. I just heard you. So I think that lady, because she couldn't get back in, was calling for him through the open windows because she could no longer get back in. So she did that a couple times. He learned to just ignore her. every now and then. He's like, oh, yeah, I heard that lady again this morning. And I go, and you ignored her. He's like, yeah. I'm like, OK, good. Don't don't let her back in. Now we still have the house for sale, right? So we're trying everything. So many people would come out and love the house, but would never follow through with any of the paperwork. They would just like disappear. And the first couple of times the realtor was like, eh, that's normal. But after a while, he's like, that is so weird. And we went through like three realtors and they all would have the same experiences. People would love it, would be making phone calls to start that process. And then all of a sudden they would just poof. Right. So we go do and try the St. Joseph thing. Marianne's like, do the St. Joseph thing. So we do it. I'm doing the daily prayer and everything. And, you know, nothing's happening. And she's like, well, which way did you bury him? And I'm like, well, it was this way. She's like, well, go dig him up and turn it around. I'm like, OK. I go out there to dig him up. Now, mind you, I'm not really a fairy fan. I like the grumpy little gnomes. Right. So I have garden gnomes all over well, I can't find the St. Joseph statue. And I purposely put him in front of the, the stairway banisters out of the front door. I can't find him. So I'm digging around and I, I widen that circle. Well, there's no St. Joseph. But what I do find is the broken arm of one of the gnomes stuffed in its place. I hadn't noticed that gnome missing an arm a day or two before that when I was going through and weeding gardens. So that just happened recently. And took the place of St. Joseph. It's funny now, but it was rather frustrating in that. Uh, by the time we left, like I had an army of St. Joseph's, one on every corner, in front of the door, like everywhere. And Marianne's like, you are the only house that this doesn't work for. And I'm like, uh, we'll add that one to your story. So it's in this one because it's all tied to this fun, fun piece of property and house. Um, a couple of the realtors who were kind of in the woo-woo um, would say at times like they could feel a shift happen, um, that the house always felt welcoming, but they could feel a shift as certain families or people would come in where the house wouldn't necessarily become uh, outright hostile. But, but she's like, it's almost like the house closed itself off. And I'm like, were those ever the people that were like, we love this? And they're like, no, those would be the ones that are like, mm, not for us. And out they would go. So, you know, not necessarily a haunting story, but just the house and the land in itself on top of the added fun of ghosts just really made it a challenge um, while living there and trying to sell it. Now, currently, I have it rented out to a friend of mine. I wanted to be closer to work. She wanted to be farther away from people. It was a win-win. 
she is seemingly having issues with Faye in the house, which we, uh, we as in myself and my son, uh, had a little bit of a trouble with some Faye not long after Marianne came out and cleared the house to where at night, like as I was falling asleep, it felt like a little kid was under the bed kicking up at the mattress. Uh, a day or two later, I'm wide awake. I'm, I'm awake. I'm sitting on my couch with my feet up curled next to me. And Sith comes to sit, you know, next to me behind my legs, because that's where he likes to curl up. And it felt like a little kid came up and raised their hand as high as they could and like smacked down on the couch where Sith about jumped through his skin or out of his skin, like into the middle of the living room. And I'm like, nope, nope, damn it. There's got to be a seat, but something. So I call Marianne and I'm like, hey. I think we got a seed problem or we missed something. And she's like, no, there's no ghost. And I'm like, I'm telling you, this just happened. And she's like, you've got faith, folk, and here's what you need to do. So this was before Marianne had the solution already pre-done for you to buy. So she gave me the recipe. And so I went looking for those uh, bits and pieces and plants the next day. And seemingly just having those plants purchased and ready to go sitting on my front porch was enough to stop the activity. So that all stopped. Now, my tenants seems to be having things going on in the house that are more fairy related, fae related. And unfortunately, now we did not, we, Marianne and I, did not put seeds up on the garage, right? Because we weren't going to be there that long, my son and I. I wasn't worried about the garage. Just about anything electronic she puts in that garage stops working. Brand new lawnmowers will be kaput within a week. She has recently purchased yet another new lawnmower and is storing it in the neighbor's garage to protect it. Like it's gotten that bad. Radios that have worked fine for years in the house, plugs it in outside out of that garage while doing yard work, it stops working. Either while she's working right then and there that day or within two to three days, it will die. So it, it's sounding like need to get out there, get a couple seats for Marianne and, and seat up that garage for her. Cause, uh, she will not park her car in that garage. Uh, like I said, the brand new lawnmower is being stored at the neighbor's garage. Um, so the only thing that she is keeping out there is stuff that is non electronic or, uh, mechanical. So it can't be broken. So garden dirt, shovels, things like that. That's all she's got in this two car garage because Anything else is not surviving. But otherwise, everything's fine in the house. It's the garage that, that is her big problem. So I, I may have to get her some fairy solution for the house just to make sure and uh, get her some seeds from the garage. Uh, if you came out to the one ghost walk that we did there in town, you got to see the outside of it. Uh, and you got to see the garden gnome that somebody stole and brought back. Um, he's still there. But uh, well, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope uh, you enjoyed the stories of the house. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Remember, no part of the podcast can be used, shared, or rebroadcast without the written consent of Marianne Winkowski and Melissa Wiles. Join us again soon. Goodbye.